Welcome to TrekCast, the official podcast of the Real Estate Council here in Dallas, Texas. I'm Bill San Antonio, Trek's Marketing and Communications Coordinator. Thanks so much for joining us. Today we continue our Technology of Placemaking series with Wired Score founder and CEO Ari Barendrack. Ari was one of our panelists during our April 3rd Bank of Texas Speaker Series and joins us today to talk a bit about what Wired Score is and how it fits into the future of building management. I'd also like to thank Wired Score for their partnership in bringing us that Speaker Series event. Before we get to our talk with Ari, I'd like to remind you that TrekCast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play. Uh, also, follow the Real Estate Council on Facebook. We are at the Real Estate Council. And on Twitter and Instagram, we are at Trek Dallas. Be sure to join us at Below Mansion on May 14th for our first Market Matters Breakfast of the Year on the future of retail. We've got two panel discussions lined up about repurposing existing retail buildings and how the retail sector will evolve in the years to come. Speakers include Christine Perez of DCEO, Mark Mazenter of Open Realty Advisors, Frank Miolopoulos of Corinth Properties, Amanda Moreno-Lake of Jim Lake Companies, Jennifer Pearson of Strive, Alan Shore of The Retail Connection, and Herb Weitzman from The Weitzman Group. So head on over to recouncil.com and get your tickets now. Now, here's Wired Score founder and CEO Ari Barendracht right here on TrackCast. Um, so, all right. Thank you so much for your time today. Um, could we maybe start by um, by giving an overview of, of sort of what Wired Score is and and how it sort of fits into um, our our panel today? Yeah, absolutely. So, Wired Score is a uh, a rating platform that measures internet connectivity in office buildings. Okay. And um, we're, we're actually a certification. So you could think of us in the easiest way, similar to LEED or Energy Star or Well, but instead of focused on sustainability or, or the health of the occupants of a building, we evaluate the quality of the digital infrastructure. So in, in one word, telecommunications or internet connectivity. Um, our, um, our clients are building owners and developers. So we work with brand new developments or occupied buildings and when a client works with Wired Score, building owner works with Wired Score, we do a couple things. Um, first, we, we measure and assess the, the telecom infrastructure. So we understand what's there and how it compares to, to market. The second thing we do is we give advice on how to improve the telecommunications infrastructure. What, 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 is it, what would it take to become a best-in-class connected building? We provide that roadmap. And the third thing we do, if and when a building meets that standard, it's actually one of the best connected buildings in the market, we help showcase that asset. So that asset becomes wired certified. And building owners are using that wired certification to uh, promote the fact that if you move into their building, you'll have access to really great connectivity that's high speed and reliable to support your, your operations as a tenant. So in, in this sort of emerging world of work taking place outside of the office, um, how, what, what kind of, of changes have, have you seen from the clients that, that Wired Score has? I mean, obviously internet connectivity is going to be a major issue all around. Um, how has this shift from going away from, away from the office impacted what you know, your, your customers are, are looking for? Yeah, yeah. So I think there's one macro trend which we we talked a lot about on the panel today, and that's this shift 
um, that real estate is now kind of people centric. Yeah. And and landlords and, and property managers need to think not about what the C-suite at their tenants want, but what the what the employee wants and design places ultimately that are are hubs for social connection and collaboration. Like that's what the employee of today wants. They wanna, they, they can work from home if they want to. It's very easy to work remotely today or from the coffee shop. But when you when you choose to go into the office, you wanna do it to feel that that connection to people around you, to, to be productive, to collaborate, um, to create efficiency. And landlords that work with Wired Score are the ones that really understand that shift to a people-centric approach to delivering real estate and are investing in the critical components of that. The critical components of that from my perspective, um, obviously we talked about um, tenant engagement and, and Gabby from Equity Home was talking about using applications to create community across the tenant base. Um, amenities and services provided to tenants is another way to create that social, social place of collaboration. Um, but you can't have any of that without a robust like technology infrastructure. Sure. People need to be able to come into their office space, whether it's literally in their in their office suite or in the foyer or the courtyard or in the in the amenity space, and they need to be able to connect from their laptops, their phones, they need to be able to call people, they need to be able to video conference, access their files in the cloud. And we believe very strongly that without the ability to connect very well, none of the other amenities or kind of building designs matter. Um, and that, that feeling has actually been echoed by industry data. There's a survey I read recently by Adobe, the, the software company, and they did a survey of kind of tenant preferences. And their finding was that I think 81% of the employees that they surveyed said that um, being in, the, in a state-of-the-art technology environment is the most important factor to creating like a pleasant workplace experience. More so than any other kind of on-site amenity um, or service that the building, own, the building owner provides. It's really this feeling that like you're not walking into like a dinosaur building, you're walking into a place that's modern, has the technology that you need to do your job well, that's what drives employee happiness. And if it drives employee happiness, it drives heads of real estate's happiness, and it drives leases, and ultimately, um, asset values for the landlord. Okay, so so where then does does data fit in into this equation? Um, how are asset owners, managers, and occupiers using data to deliver a better, more individualized tenant experience with regard to their connectivity and being a sort of state of the art technological hub for employees? Yeah, data, I mean, data is is the primary driver or lever that a landlord has to, to provide a seamless tenant experience. Um, the way that data is generally collected um, is through a combination of technologies. Um, generally, a, a robust connectivity or data infrastructure, sensors and software. And a combination of, of sensor software and connectivity provides the landlord with like thousands and thousands of data points that are being collected real time every day to make better decisions um, and to, to evaluate the impact of investments that the landlord is making in the tenant experience. Um, at WiredScore, we talk a lot to clients about investing in three areas, um, tenant productivity, tenant environment, and tenant experience. 
tenant productivity is investing in things that um, remove friction from walking or, or working in the building, um, getting into the building easily, getting to your workspace easily, reserving workspace. Um, environment is allowing tenants to customize their space, so smart HVAC, smart lighting, making your space feel as comfortable as if you would be at home or in your apartment. And experience is using data um, and technology to deliver um, the right services and amenities that tenants want and get rid of the services and amenities that tenants aren't using. Um, and that requires, as I said, sensors, software, and connectivity to be able to figure out the right combination of, of things to offer to the tenant base to drive productivity, experience, and environment. Um, buildings that are doing that really well tend to have the highest tenant satisfaction and are most likely to, to keep their tenants and not have to go out to market to get new ones. What kind of challenges are um, the people and companies that collect this kind of data, what kind of issues do they face in the security and maintaining the privacy of the kinds of data that they're, um, that they're collecting? Yeah, there's, there's massive risks and ultimately real estate companies are not yet data companies. Um, although they, they need to become data companies and need to resource their teams appropriately. Um, the two largest risks that I'm seeing are, are cultural risks and um, cybersecurity risks. On the, on the cultural risk side, um, there's, there's been a lot of pushback between the uses of data and the data that's being collected when people are moving through public or private space. Um, and in instances where developers are not being transparent and creating a lot of trust around the collection and use of that data. Um, there's been, you know, the kind of the opposite effect. Instead of creating this amazing tailored workspace that everyone loves going to, um, they're, they're driving frustration and quite frankly fear on behalf of the inhabitants of the building or space because they, don't, they feel like they're in a surveillance state. Um, and that's a, that's a cultural thing that I think will evolve over time, but owners and developers can do a lot to mitigate that risk by just being transparent about the data that they're collecting and how they're handling it. The second thing is cybersecurity risk, and um, goes without saying that as our, as our buildings become just kind of like gigantic computers, that's opening up to a world of, of potential problem when um, third-party nefarious actors can access those computers. Um, there will be a world where, where landlords need um, cybersecurity people on staff, they need strategies, they need protocols, um, and tenants will choose buildings based on, on security, on which, which buildings are um, kind of doing a great job and thinking about cybersecurity proactively and you know, avoiding buildings that have all the bells and whistles from a smart building perspective but ha can't articulate a robust cybersecurity strategy. Um, what I think is remarkable about cybersecurity for buildings even today is that the biggest risk um, is the same risks that we all get trained on by like the heads of IT in our, in our workspaces. Um, like clicking on a, a fishy email or you know, clicking on the wrong link. When um, building personnel do those kinds of very simple things, um, it puts the building massively at risk. And so the very first line of defense for cybersecurity today is literally just training your team to be thoughtful um, you know, in the same way that you think about not clicking on something to, um, you know, in fear that it will disrupt your computer or your network, the same thing goes for people that have access to building systems. Um, the, there was a large 
breach, data breach at Target a couple of years ago, which is quite famous. Um, that data breach came from an HVAC contractor um, who had access to a, a building system, um, clicking on something in his email and letting a third party actor eventually get access to the building. Um, so there's like really basic stuff that can help with cybersecurity. It doesn't need to be this, this quantum leap um, that building owners need to worry about in the future. There's stuff today that they can do. So when we think of these kinds of big tech-driven solutions, we tend to think of them being implemented in major cities like New York and San Francisco. What, what kind of opportunity is there for, for these kinds of, um, of technologies to work in, in a place like Dallas? Yeah. I mean, is it, is it the same across the board? Are, um, you know, are, are data-type solutions more apt to work in population-dense cities like New York and San Francisco? No, I, I don't think that's true at all, actually. I think the, the biggest difference between like, dense urban cores and a, a, and, a, and a city with a bit more sprawl like, like Dallas is um, particularly from the lens of placemaking and the ability of, of a building owner or developer to create this place of social connection and collaboration. If you're a building owner in, in New York, you benefit greatly from the really cool uh, cafe across the street or the coffee shop next door or the gym on the corner. Um, in a place like Dallas that has greater separation between developments, sure, um, you, you don't benefit from that serendipity and proximity in quite the same way. Uh, the flip side is you, have, you, you own more of the land. You, you have an ability to create more of a, of a destiny, a live, work, play destination. So there's there's less kind of serendipity from the world around you, but there's more control and responsibility that developers with the right strategy can take um, to create these places of social connection and collaboration. Um, of course, it's not easy. Um, it requires listening to tenants and being very attuned to what tenants today and in the future are looking for. Um, it takes a master planned approach to amenity services, to technology, um, we have a number of clients that um, own kind of large kind of campuses here in Dallas, and they need to think about connectivity and technology, not just in the building, but kind of campus-wide. How is, how is that technology being master-planned to ensure that internet and cell phones are going to work to the best extent possible? Um, it starts like outside the building, way before you have to worry about inside the building, and that's a big consideration. Um, I think the third thing that landlords need to do in a place like Dallas is realize that if they're, if they're creating live, work, play destinations, brand really matters. And linking your brand as a landlord to a, a, a tenant experience and expectation is, is kind of a radical idea, but a really important one to drive, to drive attraction and awareness of the destination. I think we work in industrious and co-working companies have done this really well. When you go to a WeWork or an Industrious, you know what kind of experience to expect. You know what the, what the food and drink is gonna be like. You know what the design is gonna be like. You know that you'll have great technology infrastructure. Um, when you talk to a tenant in Dallas and you say words like um, Hillwood or Billingsley or um, Stream, is there an expectation that's conjured up, like associated with that brand for the type of experience that's created at that place? Um, maybe, maybe not, but I think the successful landlords are going to be the ones that 
invest in the right place-making place strategies and also really brand and create an identity around it so people want to be there. Ari, thanks so much for your time, uh, both today during our panel and, and on the podcast now. Where can uh, people learn more about Wired Score? Yeah, I mean, the, the, there's a couple ways. First, um, just to get a sense for Wired Score and the amazing buildings and owners we're working with, um, you can go to our website, which is wiredscore.com, and there's a, there's a button that says Find Buildings. It takes you to a map, and on that map, you can, you can search for Dallas and see the buildings that have achieved the Wired Score standard. So you can see buildings from Hall Group and Hillwood and Van Trust and um, our KBS and our Gattaca and our long list of, of early adopters. For each of those buildings, you can click on them and actually read about the telecommunications infrastructure. So we, we've published the tech specifications for the building to, so people can get a sense for what a Wired Score building looks like. Um, after that, if you want to learn more and potentially work with us, um, getting in touch with me or, or Mark, who's our, our head of Dallas, who just joined from Boxer Property, is, is the best way. Um, and that's Mark at WiredScore.com or Ari, A-R-I-E at WiredScore.com. Um, we could set up the first step in our process, which is a building assessment. And we'll send an engineer to the building to get the process rolling on understanding what the technology is like in the asset. Big thanks to Wired Scores Ari Barendrecht for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe to TrekCast wherever you get your podcast and get your tickets to our May 14th Market Matters over at recouncil.com. Once again, I'm Bill San Antonio. Thanks for listening.